Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. This is your evening briefing. First story tonight, the Wuhan lab, new leaked documents, talk about what they were planning and new information about what was going on, releasing viruses into caves. Second, Kamala Harris calling for an investigation into the illegal Haitian migrant handling at the border. Third, MSNBC, we're gonna play an old clip where they were talking about a rushed COVID vaccine from last year. And finally, Bill Gates grilled over Jeffrey Epstein ties. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Our first story tonight is kind of insane, but we're gonna to have to talk about it anyway because we've got it and this is the world we live in now. The Wuhan Institute of Virology leaked documents have been obtained by the group known as Drastic Research. Go follow these guys. They've been doing excellent work on Wuhan and everything that's come out since. This is a grant proposal that was made from Wuhan, by the way though, not to the Department of Health, not to the NIH and Fauci's agency, no, no, no. This was a proposal that was made to DARPA, which is the US military's research and development organization. Let's take a look at what they found. But before we do that, I want to play for you a clip of Fauci from just earlier this year. Take a listen. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition. No gain of function, we're told. There was no gain of function whatsoever going at the Wuhan lab, and if it was, it certainly wasn't funded by the United States. Let me tell you the grant proposal that was made to DARPA now, that was made to the U.S. military. I'm just going to read to you the table of contents because, quite frankly, I think that's shocking enough and certainly calls for a higher degree of investigation because again, these are experiments that they were talking about doing. They were trying to get funding with EcoHealth Alliance from the US military. They were refused, but the question remains, did these experiments go on? And did some of this, because we can see from further studies, certainly we see evidence that they did perform some of these experiments. Here's what the documents say. Number one, EcoHealth Alliance trying to bypass the gain-of-function framework. Number two, the review framework. Number two, EcoHealth Alliance would have used taxpayer money to pay Shi Zheng Li, the top Chinese bat scientist at the Wuhan lab. Third, it's called Project Defuse. They would have invited Shi Zheng Li to a project kickoff at DARPA headquarters. They had three cave sites in Yunnan for SARS-CoV connection. Third, EHA planned to inoculate wild bats with aerosolized vaccines. Do you understand this? They were going to spray aerosol level vaccines into the caves to inoculate the bats. There's so much in here. 
Live bats were meant to be used at the Wuhan Institute in various international labs for infection experiments, often using captive bat entire colonies. Three to five chimeric coronaviruses were to be created per year. The proposal included the introduction of human-specific cleavage sites. Now, when I'm talking about human-specific cleavage sites, you're like, what does that mean? They were humanizing the mice, and they were creating viruses that would be more specifically able to infect human cells, the ACE2 receptors. This is what the project was. This is what the proposal was. They wanted to create three to five chimeric viruses per year. And what does it say that they were specifically doing? Well, according to the DARPA documents, they wanted to introduce human cleavage sites into the virus. What does this mean? For the entire time that scientists have been studying COVID-19, they've been asking, where did these human cleavage sites come from? What is, what is a human cleavage site? What, what are we talking about? It has a unique ability to affect human ACE2 receptors. Remember the spike proteins, the spike proteins we're talking about? This is where that comes from. What was going on? Why was the Wuhan Institute of Virology specifically talking about releasing these viruses, about making chimeric viruses, and making viruses that were more transgenically able to infect humans. Go to humanevents.com. We have the entire story up there. This is a massive scandal. This is something that the U.S. government, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, other, independent, etc. All of the United States needs to know what was going on in that lab. Not only did what did we fund or what didn't we fund, what were they doing, what came out, and how did it infect the rest of the world? Stay tuned. We have a lot more coming up next. Human Events Daily. So this is one of those stories where I've talked about it before. I'll say it again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a White House Shade War update. We need like a graphic there. We need some like, producers, producers, get me music, get me a graphic. I want the Shade War update in here. They're laughing because I didn't tell them beforehand that we were gonna do that, but we're gonna do it live. We're gonna do it live. Anyway, White House Shade War update, border edition. We've got news now from AP saying that the Biden administration is not processing all of these illegal Haitian migrants and sending them all back home. No, no, no. We've got news coming out from U.S. officials that are their sources saying that the Haitian migrants that have come illegally into Del Rio, Texas, are now being released en masse into the United States. We talked about this last week here on the show. They are being let go on the honor system. They are not all being deported. I told you this was coming. I told you this is what we were gonna see. But now, Kamala Harris has come out. And I just, I wanna play this clip for you because it's, it's, it's really amazing. This clip is just amazing. You gotta you got watch this thing. I'm, I'm like speechless. Go look at this clip. What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, but human beings should never be treated that way. And I'm deeply troubled about it. The whole point is that we have to understand Haiti I mean, talk about a country that has just experienced so much uh, tragedy that has been about natural disasters. And we really have to do a lot more to recognize that as a member of the Western Hemisphere, we've got to support some very basic needs that the people of Haiti have. 
So you caught that, right? You caught what she was saying there. You caught what she was doing. Understand the analysis that I've been giving you. Understand the lens that we're looking this, at this through. This is the White House shade war. This is Team B versus Team K. This is Team K using that sort of phony, fake, blue and on scandal that was out there. Remember that one? They were claiming this a bunch of like very online people were claiming that border agents were whipping, they were whipping migrants, right? It, it obviously was not happening. Those are called reins. Like if you've ever ridden a horse before, I mean, if you didn't grow up in a city or actually spend some time like in the real world, you'd know what reins are. You'd understand how to ride a horse. But here's the situation. Kamala Harris has come out and is using the anger that's been brought up by this on her side to drive a wedge in the White House, because when it comes down to it, who's really in control of the border? Yeah, I know Biden said, oh, that's gonna be commas, no, 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 no. Who's really in charge here? It's the Biden administration. Everything that comes down is a Biden administration situation, right? And I saw there were a lot of people trying to dunk on Kamala Harris and say, oh, well, you were supposed to be in charge of it and you didn't go, et cetera, et cetera. And those are all reasonable and fair criticisms, and I get that. But I'm trying to explain to you the inside politics, the palace intrigue of what's going on. At Here in Human Events Daily, we give you the high impact analysis. Be good, be brief, be gone. We are giving you the bottom line up front. So that's why I say share this out with your normie friends, get everybody who's trying to understand this White House in, right? This isn't political. I'm not attacking Kamala Harris for this. I'm explaining what she's doing. And what she's doing is she's using it to undercut the Biden administration. Because at the end of the day, people know. That's that one Donald Trump that sent all this situation in motion, right? He wanted to build what? A wall, right? That's just a fact. Everybody is pretty, pretty clear about it, by the way, uh, that he said he wanted a wall there. I, th I think he may have mentioned it once or twice. You would see his fans obviously chanting at the rallies to build the wall. So yeah, wall's not whips, right? Here's the situation though. Her team has constantly been throwing shade on Joe Biden. Talked about it last week with the whole Nicki Minaj situation. Which side was it do you think they called Nicki Minaj? It wasn't Joe Biden's side, it was Team Kamala. Now Team Biden knows that they're the ones, and by the way, rightfully so, because they are the ones who are like actually in charge. It's not Kamala Harris's crisis. It's Biden's crisis. It's Mayorkas, who's supposed to be the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, who went down there and said, oh, this isn't happening and we're not supposed to worry about it. Go watch his video. It was ridiculous. Nobody believes him. The guy's got no full faith and credit, you know, for, uh, for Mayorkas, and the Biden administration has none. So Kamala, again, sees this as the opportunity to be able to throw him under the bus because the dirty little secret of the Biden administration is that they are at open shade war with each other. They know that Joe Biden's poll numbers have been fading. They know that Kamala Harris seems like she is the inevitable. And that is why her team has been referring to him, according to sources, as the Titanic. They are referring to Joe Biden as the Titanic. Just reporting what I hear, folks. Just reporting what I hear. That's the story, that's the news, that's what's going on down at the border, and Kamala Harris is now using it to gain points off of Joe Biden. But you do have to ask yourself, by the way, why is it that they're treating Haitian migrants like this and not everybody else? Interesting question. Stay tuned because right ahead, we're coming up Human Events Daily. We are going to go back a little bit to what MSNBC was saying about the COVID vaccine just last year. Stay tuned.
Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine or else you'll be put on a list. Pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's that's what we're told, right? That's what we're told again and again, especially from MSNBC, from the bully pulpit of the White House, from Jen Psaki, et cetera, et cetera, Fauci on down. Yet, here's an interesting clip. I wanted to go back and play, and I'm gonna do a favor. This is free publicity from me out of the goodness of my Christian heart to MSNBC, and I'm going to replay one of their interviews, a package, as you will, uh, as we say in the business, that they ran in September 2020, during the last weeks of the election, talking all about vaccines. Because, ladies and gentlemen, what we do here in Men's Daily, we always have the receipts. Take a listen. You know, look, every healthcare professional that you speak with, medical, public health professional, they're all gonna say that they're eagerly awaiting a vaccine. There's no question about that. But the issue is that the vaccine, remember, this is gonna be a medication that we plan to inoculate into two, 300 million people in this country, not to mention globally, we need absolute reassurance that this medication, this vaccine has uh, undergone all the appropriate um, phases of, of, of clinical trials in terms of safety and efficacy. And so as you probably know, the, the vaccines that are undergoing clinical trials right now, phase three, that's that phase where it's testing not only a large number of people, 30, 40,000, but it's not just the number, but it's the timeline. It's monitoring for possible potential adverse events. You can't just see, notice those things in just 20, 30 days. Um, if there are neurologic manifestations, cardiac, rheumatologic, autoimmune, that's going to take months to reveal. And so my concern is that we're really rushing through this vaccine development process. And just to remind your viewers, Katie, the fastest we've ever developed a vaccine for safe delivery into patients has been four years. The fact that we're trying to do this for this novel disease in less than a year, it's, um, it makes a lot of us quite skeptical, Katie. So what's astounding about that clip with Dr. Libby Roy, who is someone who goes on MSNBC all the time, if you go to view her now, if you go to look at her Twitter, she has the hashtag get vaccinated in her Twitter profile. And so yet this is the same person who just one year ago was saying all of the same things that if you talk to people who are vaccine hesitant, the same issues that they are having now. This kind of goes to show you that vaccine hesitancy isn't necessarily a left-right thing because all of last year, you had the left, you had MSNBC saying the exact same things that you're hearing people say now. It's not a political issue, no matter how much the White House is trying to frame it as one. You have people that are hesitant, that are worried, that are skeptical of many of the potential side effects of the vaccine, right? And I'm not getting into the science of it. I'm talking about the psychology of it. So when the White House comes out and when the left comes out and they try to bash people over the heads with it, and they try to scream and yell and use the hammer and use the stick and everything else they can do to demand your compliance, to make sure that you have to comply with this. You've got Fauci out there talking about potentially domestic internal travel will require internal passports, which by the way is a Chinese system. It's called the Huko system. It's this idea that you need a specific document that allows you to travel, to work, to live in various areas within your own country, right? Understand that just one year ago, in the run-up to the election, so let's talk about electioneering. It's, it's amazing to me how the science changes, by the way, before the election and after the election. So before the election, the MSNBC, who of course are the purveyors of science, tell us, ah yes, this 
is the science and you have to be skeptical. And these are very serious questions. But then after the election, it's anybody who asks those questions is crazy. And you are a, you are a very, very bad anti-vaxxer and you need to shut up and you need to be censored. You need to be shut down. People are sick of it. People are sick of the back and forth. People have serious questions. Pregnant women, families who are trying to get pregnant, people with kids, people who have um, potential immunocompromised systems, people with, with pre-existing conditions, people with comorbidities, they have questions. What if, as a country, we decided that instead of telling people to shut up, we actually tried to listen to what they had to say? You know, that's something that I always tried to say when I was in the military, it's something I always try to say in my personal life, meet people where they are. Meet people where they are, understand what their concerns are, and talk through them instead of tying, trying to talk down to them, to attack them, and to tear them apart. That's how you have an actual conversation. Next up, Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein. You don't want to miss this. Jeffrey Epstein. You know, this is one of those stories that we're told not to really talk about, and yet I think it's one of those ones where people just have so many questions about, about what really went down, what happened, and yet the story seems to have just kind of disappeared. It's, 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 it's like, you know, industrial level human trafficking to an island. So many of the elites tied into this, and yet no questions asked, no full investigation, no uh, list of the clients, because that's really what it's really about, right? right? We understand who Jeffrey Epstein was and what he did, and he should have been prosecuted, and that was the right move. But I think the broader investigation obviously should have always been into who were his clients and what was going on. And by the way, why were there so many elite people that were tied to him? When some of the richest of the rich were involved with this guy, that were flying to the island, that were going on the airplane, et cetera, et cetera. They were taking donations from him. Well, finally, somebody, and it's PBS, and my, my, my hat is off, and I don't wear a hat, but my hat is off to you, to Judy Woodruff of PDF, uh, PBS, because she went to Bill Gates. Bill Gates! And because, you know, the, the sort of the power dynamic has changed on Bill Gates now, like you can, you can hit him on this stuff, she finally grilled him over his Jeffrey Epstein ties. Take a listen was reported at that time uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, you know, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with uh, people he said, you know, would give to Global Health, which is a uh, interest I have, you know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were, were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported, and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago now. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years. Um, and that, in other words, a number of meetings. Um, what did you do when you found out about his background? Well, and, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking, looking at this? Well, he's dead. So, uh, 
you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very proud of the work of the foundation. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's what I get up every day and focus on. That was incredible. That was, that was real journalism. Folks, you don't see it much, you don't see it often, but that was real journalism. Speaking truth to those in power. Saying the things that those in power don't want you to say and asking questions that actually have impact. The Jeffrey Epstein story is one that is never going to go away until all of the questions are answered. And I support full transparency and all that. The amount of human trafficking, the women and girls underage who are involved in this, it's disgusting. And the people who met with him and continued to work with him, even after all of this came out, need to be held to account, whether through this or through investigation or through prosecution. It's as simple as that. No more Jeffrey Epstein's. That is it for the show. This is your fastest rundown of the news, your evening briefing here on Human Events Daily. Again, we give you the bottom line up front, but we need you to be the influence agent. Share this with your normie friends, subscribe to it wherever podcasts are found, get out there, continue following Turning Point Live. And But before we go, for today's moment of history, folks, we lost a good one this week. Angelo Cotavia, a professor of philosophy, a conservative, and a stalwart defender of the American people. Go read his seminal book, Ruling Class. This is a man, he was born in Italy, immigrated to America, served in the US Navy, understood the intelligence community for what it really is, and defended the American people to the absolute last. Hats off to you, Angelo Cotavia. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.